the nature of your emergency. Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, joined by Detective Walton. Clint, how are you? I'm good. I've titled today's episode, The Youthful Shift in Law Enforcement, Navigating a New Era of Policing. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's content. I think that post the defund police and then the reinvigoration of everybody doing everything they can to now beef up their police forces, seeing what harm that caused, we have inadvertently created a situation That was completely unintended that I think could have the potential to be harmful for police departments across the nation. And Clint, I had talked with you a little bit about this, I think a week or so ago. And I think the conversation stirred up because you have a partner who is a young partner, young in the sense of not having been in the police department for quite as long as you. And when I say quite as long as you, I mean, in comparison to how things were for you when you first entered. I feel like, Clint, you you have been a police officer for 15 years, and I feel like your, your class or your generation of officers was really the last generation of officers before so much of this shifted. And so you were talking to me about this officer being an FTO, and I was like, this is, this is weird. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. Because when we think of a field training officer, we think of an officer who is a a veteran officer. We think of an officer with, I don't know, perhaps a minimum of 10 years of experience who can properly train these newer officers who are, are just starting out. And that is not the case anymore. And this is not unique to your department. There are departments across the nation who have police officers who have been working for one to two years who are acting in the capacity of an FTO. And that blows my mind. Yeah. It's something that you're seeing across the board happen because the there's, you start dating back because you had cities with, you know, they're on hiring freezes and, and the, the hiring process takes so long over over these years and due to budgetary reasons due to defund the police due to you name it of why so many agencies are are now having this problem where there's there's this huge divide in a department where you have people with one to four years of experience and then you have people with 12 to 20 years of experience and there's, there's no middle ground. And so the people with the 12 to 20 years of experience they're you know, they're at that time where they're going into details, they're promoting, they're not in the field as much as they once were. And then everyone who's left is these new officers who don't have that experience just yet. And it's an earned experience. Like you can't just generate this out of thin air. Like it's something that it takes time to build up your resume per se. Yeah. And I'm thinking about some of what I believe to be the hardest times for you at the department, hardest times in terms of the learning curves and the demand and the, the stress of the, just to do your job, the job analysis, not the calls. And I'm thinking about how a majority, so more than 50% of the police department was of 20 plus years 
when you first started at the department and how now those numbers are so flip-flopped in a staggering way that you're missing out on so much of the intellectual nature that takes place out on the streets, so to speak. And these are the, the common talk. These are those heartfelt discussions that you don't anticipate happening, but they do. These are the lay of the land kind of tactics that you don't learn in the academy. And now we have such a young generation of law enforcement officers coming up. And there are many officers in the past three years, five years alone that have retired early that have retired because the the time was due, that have become medically retired, that have switched their careers. I think we're in a time now where there are more officers quitting their job as a police officer and shifting out of their career into a new one more so than we've ever had before. And with that, now we have such high incentives for hiring bonuses of police officers, and we've talked about that in another episode. And what that is doing is it's creating this perpetuation of the younger and younger departments, which is fine. I think there are a lot of benefits to that, especially when we talk about the the tech savviness of it. But when it comes to the, the true nature of policing, I feel like this is a lot more harm than good if we don't do something to combat it. You know, and what's crazy is, and I don't want to go too deep into this, but I, I this just came up for me is I was driving back from one of my investigations the other day and I see a billboard saying $60,000 hiring bonus for lateral transfers. If you have so many years of experience and if you have X amount of years, you get a $120,000 signing bonus. Like I was looking at that. I'm like, holy mackerel. What department was that? That was him at Wow. Yeah. I, and we had that billboard in our city too for, for him. It <laughs> like, you know what though? I'm actually really happy to see that because seeing, uh, we talked about the unfairness of, um, these higher on bonuses for officers that have been existing in your department for a long time. And I think that if they are, that's a great step in the right direction to try to combat this issue because it shows that, you know, I'm not the only one that's seeing it. And, to try to hire on officers with experience like that, seeing how you did, that it's a lateral bonus, that is fantastic, I think. Yeah, I think it's a it's a great idea and it's a great concept. And, and I bet you people will capitalize on that. You know, it's like I started thinking in my own mindset, I'm like, wouldn't it be worth it? And for me, it just wouldn't be worth it at all because I'd had to work seven more years and retirement system let like it wouldn't be feasible for it. Now, if they came across and said, I'll give you the same contract and give you that money, then I might consider it. <laughs> yeah. There, there would be nothing worth it for you. No, no amount of money. You can $5 million wouldn't be worth it to have to work even longer than the contract that you're in. You, you re, for you listening, he retires when he's 50 and you, you can't get that anywhere else anymore no. ever again. No. So I, I think that's great. That's a great step in the right direction. And another aspect to this is it requires the veteran officers that are existing within departments to be forced into a corner oftentimes because you are going to be the one that is disagreeable. You are going to be the one who is going to say and do things the way that you were taught, I, I would argue the correct way. I would argue the way that is going to keep you safer. And I would imagine it's difficult, and Clint, you can attest to this, to be the one who 
is now the minority with the way that you operate as a police officer. Yeah, and it's it's really important. So as as this is occurring more and more and and looking at it from a supervisory perspective, this is where the supervisors have to come into play and really step up to train these guys properly. Because if you look like we have a problem with our and this is just as an example, say we have a problem with our graveyard shift where you see the amount of time on the most senior person on that shift has a year on. That that blows my mind. So who does that fall upon? That falls upon, you know, your field corporals, your sergeants to be able to effectively train these people to teach them how to properly do things and safely, because the, the biggest goal is we want to go home safe every day. Yeah, and I think some of that incentive bonus money needs to go to the officers that are currently within your department. And I'm, I'm going to explain why. If you have a young a young officer who is being trained by an FTO who has one to two years of experience, that is some that is like kindergarten to us. Some of the fundamentals that are learned within a police department and within your police career are going to be instilled and ingrained in you, not necessarily in the academy, but when you're out there on the streets and that emotion is high and you are being drilled, hopefully, by your FTO. And so when you have somebody who is now off of probation, they're no longer with their FTO, they're out on the streets on their own, if you have a senior officer who tries to correct them or tries to re-guide them and redirect them in a way that is um, to their benefit and most importantly to their safety, it is going to be more difficult for them to shift their mindset to do it that way because it's already they already made up their mind, right? They've already been trained and taught by a younger officer that this is the way that things should be done, and that is dangerous. Yes, it's something that I see on a regular basis. Yeah. So I think this is an important conversation to have. And I also think that an action step here is for police unions to start to propose this as being an issue and then to hopefully have a conversation around what could be done to incentivize incentivize the officers that are existing within departments currently so that this is something that they they would want to do. And so that it's also something publicly known within the department that is being done, right? Respect these senior officers. The, these are vital assets to our department, which I believe it's a vital asset to every department. I hope you've gotten some value out of today's episode. If you have, do us a favor, drop a review, subscribe down below. And as always, know that I'm sending you a long, tight hug from my home to yours.